0: And welcome everybody to my independence report. Have I got a treat for you. A gentleman is on the line with us and he's going to be with us for the entire hour. And um, just, just as a side note, this is one of those things. This is kind of like a bucket list thing for me because I've wanted to talk to this gentleman for 30 years. Uh, I met him. I didn't meet him, but I knew of him. He used to be on the radio in Seattle a long time ago on a on a regular on a show, and he would do his readings and 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 move through all of that and and his philosophy and and stuff. And and then I followed him through Crossing Over and Cross Country and all of those things. As a matter of fact, I actually had a cassette of his. A cassette tape. For those of you that are under forty, probably have no idea what that is. But a cassette, a cassette tape, tape of him teaching people how to um, uh, live their psychic self, and it was actually a uh, um, um, a guided meditation to teach you how to learn how to. Um, become a little bit more psychic and to understand the principles and how it all works. Of course, I'm talking about, if you're listening, I'm talking about John Edward. John Edward is our guest for the hour, and he is going to be willing to take calls and uh, and talk to you specifically, um, and uh, we're going to get to that. But first, I suppose I should introduce you. John, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you for that. And that's, that's kind of cool to hear. I appreciate your work
0: it's it's really is i i tell you when uh, um when your publicist uh uh reached out to me and i picked myself off the floor it was like that's really cool and i'm really looking forward to talking to you about all the things you're doing evolve and the shows that you did and and most importantly the tour that you're going to be on this summer and this fall and you're going to actually end up the tour for uh 2020 in Seattle, at the Seattle uh, uh, the SeaTac Marriott um, at 2 o'clock on um, um, October 4th. And we're going to talk more about that as we get into it and uh, later on. But I wanted to ask you, John, how, how are things? How, I haven't had a chance to talk to you. How are things for you?
1: Things things are good. Things are, you know, they're as good as I can manifest. So I try to live my life as uh progressively moving forward, not looking backwards, but kind of informing my future by understanding my past, but trying to keep things in balance. So I I try to live in that place, um, which helps to manage expectations. But things are
0: good. Thank you. Oh, awesome. Because, you know, you have um, contributed to our society, I believe, in a, in a really wonderful way by, by the work that you are doing and, and the uh, concepts that you bring forward. One of the concepts that I've had trouble explaining to people, and I really would like you to uh, uh, expound upon this if you can, is the concept of energy because i'll I'll talk to somebody and say, you know it's energy is what we are, and and that's that's what we, and but they look at me like a deer in the headlight sometimes, and it's like i it gets lost in the translation. How do you describe energy and how we use it?
1: Well, I basically say that we're all made up of vibration, right, so our science teaches us that everything's got a vibrational pattern, so our consciousness vibrates on an invisible level when it's outside of the body, right? So if someone's crossed over, we are connecting with their consciousness. Some might call it their soul, but that energy exists outside of the physical world. So our body is the driver and uh, our, our body is the car and the vehicle, but our soul is the driver. So when we talk about energy transforming, sometimes if I want to explain it to a child, what I'll do is I'll put a pot of water on the stove and I say that the water represents our soul. And as you boil the water, it evaporates and they're able to see the evaporation process where the water goes from the liquid state to the gaseous state and you basically show them how it goes to the air and where's the air, but all around us. So it's a way of conceptually helping a younger child understand that somebody that they love is all around them rather than heaven, which has a far, far away kind of connotation like up in the clouds, out in space come somewhere. So what I like to do is kind of literally blend the world and say that it's a dimension that it coexists with us. Um, but that's how I talk about energy.
0: Is that why when, when you're talking about people that have crossed over and you have a, un, a really unique gift, and I'd like to talk about that a little bit about about how you attained that gift and and how you use it today. But when we're talking about energy and, and the people around us, they're around us all the time, aren't they?
1: I think the opportunity of them being connected to us all the time is a better way of, of phrasing it because that makes it seem like they're 24-7 watching us and that kind of creeps me out a little bit. Um, so the way, that we're, the way that we're connected to each other in the human world right now is through devices, right? We talk on our cell phones, we text on our phones, um, people watch TV now on their phones, so everything happens via this device, right? And this device helps us to connect. So when we text people, they don't always respond right away. When we send an email, they might not respond. We might leave them a voicemail message. And it might be hours later, but they'll respond when they can. So they have access to us. If people have a Facebook page or Twitter feed or Instagram, we are, we're putting information out there. And people that, are, that follow us are able to see what we're putting out there. So just like that, in our lives, what we're putting out, what we're projecting out, what we're creating, they're able to be a part of that, tethered to us by love and energy.
0: Now. Does that mean that when I seem, I was very close to my father and he passed a dozen years or so ago, but when, and and my grandmother passed before that, but when I really want to talk to them, it seems like they're there for me and they they can answer and and they can communicate with me. Am I, you know, like, I don't know, losing my mind?
1: No, because I think when someone's like, Crazy, they don't question the fact that they're crazy because they're crazy. So, the fact that you are actually, you know, the the fact that you're questioning the validity of what your experience is is good because that means that you're seeking validation. So, I think that it's important for people to recognize that we have to be 50% of the equations in our relationship dynamic, whether people are living or, or past. But something like magical happens when someone passes away. The people that are left behind, their human ego kind of spreads to like, A width of, I can't even explain sometimes, and there is an expectation of what the person who's passed needs to now do for them. So I always say that grief does not yield entitlement, and you're not entitled to hear from Grandma. However, if we're open and we're allowing, then we can benefit from what Grandma can do when she comes through or when she's around. So I don't think that you're reading into it. I think that you're
0: acknowledging what you're feeling. So they, when you're talking to them, they really do want to uh, participate with you and and to help 100%. and to help you go through the the trials of life because they've already been there they've already seen it and and they've they've completed their mission this time around would that be accurate
1: correct and i also like to add in the caveat that we're here in school like this is the classroom of spirit right so this this is an evolution for us and once we graduate from high school or college we're we're still in school we're in the, the human earthly school of energy and ego And they are like the parental energy that's watching over us. But if they, if you have a child that doesn't want to be in school and flipping out because they don't want to be in school, mom or dad might take the child to school and wait in the hallway. They won't stand in the doorway so that the child sees them because that'll be a distraction. So sometimes their presence could act as a distraction of what has to happen in the classroom. So from an energetic standpoint, they're participants and they're aware they're in the hallway watching they just can't be in the classroom all the time because that could serve as a distraction from us learning the lessons that we're still here to learn.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. I did, I did want to ask you, you a question though, because I used to travel for a living and I know this summer you're going to be traveling all over the place and between here and Australia and, uh, yep. And it's going to be, yep. And it's going to be, a, it's going to be a great experience for you. Except I was curious after you do a show, or a an event, I guess, would be a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. you're in your hotel room, and you are reflecting upon all the lives that you affected during the event. And there could be as many as three, four, five hundred people there, and you're affecting all these people. What is it like to be John Edward in those moments?
1: So it's actually pretty normal. So I've been doing this for a long time. This is my 35th year that I've been doing this. So I feel like I've been on a 30 year tour, like nonstop. Um, it's, it's just who I am. I go from place to place to raise awareness and teach. And my goal is while I'm doing it, I want to leave the people there better than I found them in some way. So one of the things that I had the benefit of hearing was Dr. Wayne Dyer many years ago to a speech and I, I didn't go to see him cause I wanted to see him. I went because a friend wanted to go and I thought like, all right, I mean, I'll support you. So I went and I got so much out of his speech. And one of the things that he said when he walked out was, when I come out here, I only have to worry at the end of the night how one person thinks I did. And I thought he was going to say his wife. Um, he goes, "And, and when, I, when I'm done, I just need to make sure that that one person is satisfied with what I did here. He goes, and that's me. He goes, I have to be able to look at myself in the hotel mirror and say, I did the best job I possibly could have. And he goes, otherwise, I have to call 500 of you up and say, hey, how'd I do? Hey, how'd I do? Hey, how'd I do? And he goes, my job is to surrender my ego and serve. So those two things kind of became cornerstones of, like, my teaching and speaking. I had always pretty much felt it and said it in, like, a lot more sentences than he succinctly said it. But that is my philosophy. So when I go to do my, like, when I go to do an event, like, I do it. I leave all the energy there. And when I'm done, I disconnect. And I literally pull myself back and I disconnect from an ego standpoint and I just kind of put the, I put it behind me because I don't want to dwell on, um, all the things that I got right you know, to be like, Oh my God, isn't that amazing? Um, and I also don't want to dwell on the things that I couldn't get right where the person was sitting in front of me going, I have no idea what you're talking about. Or no, 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 I don't have that. Or no, that's not for me, which happens as well. So I feel like if I do the best job with what I'm doing in the moment of doing it, then I could live a normal life. And that's pretty much kind of how I I operate. So like when I'm done doing an event, I'm not doing a lot of reflecting because I feel like the intention was set and done and released all at the same time.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Uh, one, one other thing before we uh, invite callers, and I've got a bunch of people on the line that would like to talk to you, and we're going to go do that in a second, but uh, two things I I want to ask you, first of all, is, is when you are confronted with energy and you are very sensitive to energy and the people around you, how do you protect yourself from negative energy or, or, or I think you call them uh, uh, energy ninjas? Negative
1: ninjas, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that people, well, people, first of all, people ask me like, what do I think about, you know, evil energy? And I go, I do believe in evil energy, but I'm more concerned about it in the physical world than I am in spirit. So I think it's important for people to recognize that some of the people that are the closest to them, friends and family are the ones that have access to your pool of energy, right? So imagine that you are sitting in a pool of energy and that's small pool that water represents you that water represents your energy you want to be aware of who's swimming in your pool because you might invite somebody into your pool and they might have a toxicity to them and i equate that to somebody like peeing in your pool right so you wouldn't sit in the pool and allow somebody to do that why would you energetically allow somebody to pee in your pool right so that is an analogy your listeners will not forget right no peeing in the pool but the reality the the analogy is important because every pool has to have a filter And our brain is the filter and our our thoughts are the chemicals that keep that water clean. So it has to be a very conscious decision that you want to keep your energy pure. You want to stay in a place of being balanced and you have to, you have to create boundaries. So if something's bothering you, so for example, like if you know that you have a, you have an issue with a person like, like, and I don't know why, but there's a, a gym that I go to, there's a woman that's there. She has never done anything negative to me. She's only been nice, um, but I don't like her energy. Like, there's just something about her. So I will not go on a treadmill next to her or an elliptical machine. I will literally go into a different room. If I'm on a treadmill and she comes and stands next to me, I will just wrap that session up and I will move. So I make a very concerted effort about where I'm placing myself. I would not just stay in a place and go, oh, there's no other treadmill i have to stay here i'd be like nope i'm out so and i do that with family i do that with friends i do that wherever i'm not feeling right if i feel like there's an issue with like one of my kids i don't just sit on it i verbally address it so i feel like life is about playing energetic whack-a-mole sometimes and you can't let things build up you have to be very very alert and aware about what's making you feel imbalanced um How are you feeling uneasy around this person? And then meditation and prayer are kind of how you actually could facilitate protecting yourself. And there's something called psychic self-defense, which sounds kind of crazy, but it's really important for anybody who is a metaphysical practitioner. And I'm talking to you out there, if you're a healer or a massage therapist or somebody who does Reiki, who for some reason think that they're protected by the work that they do, they're not. Um, I find that healers sometimes are the least protected energetically um, people because they feel like the, the energy is coming through them and they don't have to protect. But we do. Everybody's got to energetically protect themselves. And depending upon the field you're in, sometimes more than others. So psychic self-defense is up.
0: And that, 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 that's, I believe that's in at least one of your books, maybe more.
1: It is. I talk about it quite a bit. I wrote a book called Infinite Quest, and in that book um, I address like how to develop, how to develop your intuition, how to recognize stuff, but more importantly, how to stay balanced. And I constantly throughout the book, beat it into the reader that protecting your energy is so important because it's something that people don't do.
0: You know, it's it, it's it strikes me because you've written uh, what, what is it eight nine books? You've been on TV. Yep. You've uh, yep. you you travel the world. You don't even like to fly. I don't even know how that works. Um,
1: I know it's it's a, it's a necessity.
0: <laughs> so but uh, i've gotten
1: better though i've definitely gotten better
0: oh that's good <laughs> i used to i used to fly around quite a little bit and uh it, it, it after a while it, it's it's not too bad but uh in any event now what is it okay if we take calls sir sure all righty then um a couple things i want uh the listeners to remember this is not a test this is not. This is designed for you to be open, so that the energy can flow from the the other side. Correct me if I'm wrong, John. The flow the, yeah. from the other side can be pure and easy, and it's and it makes it easy for you. And also, if you have a piece of paper and a pen, I highly suggest that you write down some notes because there may be some things that you don't get that may be interpreted you know differently than what you, you know think. I- and, and can I uh, give you an example? Yes, please.
1: So the um, a week or so ago I was doing an event and I wound up making a connection with a woman's parents, and they were going back and forth, like uh, kind of coming through with information simultaneously, which was pretty raw and pretty emotional. And the woman was very open. Then they showed me that there was a dog that passed, and she acknowledged that yes, that was the breed that she had. Then I saw Barry Manilow, um, and <laughs> I associated the Barry Manilow with the dog. So I said was your dog's name Mandy? And she said, no. So I saw Barry Manilow again, so I went, was your dog's name Lola? <laughs> and she goes, no. The dog's name was like Fluffy or something, you know, the dog's name. And I was like, I don't know, your parents show me Barry Manilow? I go, is a Barry Manilow connection here? Well, earlier in the reading, her dad talked about having a drinking problem. After the reading, she Facebooked my office um, and said that her dad used to go to the bar the Copacabana every night. <laughs> so my interpretation was completely accurate with the Barry Madeline reference. However, where I went with it was wrong. Like I should say he was accurate with his delivery. My interpretation was off. So he was right. I was wrong. But I make sure that I say everything out loud so that you understand why. So I didn't just say, is your dog's name Mandy? Is your dog's name Lola? I took the folks in the room on the journey so that anybody at that room would be like, oh, my God, I was there that night. Oh, oh, Copacabana. Like, I get it. So whatever I see, hear, and feel, I say. And people might call up with one question like, hi, my name is John. I want to try to connect with my mom or whatever. But I might connect with five other people so they can't take everything I'm saying and try to apply it to the one person that they want to hear from.
0: Very good. So, so with that, just, just keep an open mind. Keep, keep yourself open because I'm really excited for you because you're going to hear from people. And uh, in a way that that will be totally unique to today. So and also this will be a podcast. So if you miss something, you can go back and listen to it again to get uh, some some uh, a clear understanding of what's being said. So all I'm going to ask you to do is give me your name and then I'm going to shut up and let John do his thing. So uh, um, go ahead. Uh, uh, the caller who's on the line, uh, give us your first name and um, I'll shut up.
2: Hi, my name is Karen. And I have to tell you, John, I'm so excited. Um, I date myself because you were on the Larry King and one of the best <coughs> interviews that he did. It was so good. The whole thing crashed. I mean, it, you could, <laughs> it just was fabulous. So I really, really appreciate what you've done over the years. And I kind of followed you in and out. And I'm excited to talk to you.
3: Oh,
1: that's so sweet. Thank you. Larry was very, very generous when I started doing TV right before crossing over. He had me on a number of times. He also wrote the forward to one of my books, and um, I don't know what, which one you're talking about, but I know that I was on there on September tenth, two thousand one, and it was a pretty powerful interview because yes. it was one of the it was one of the um, few times where it wasn't like marathon readings where it was like reading after reading after reading. He actually talked about grief, so much so that when the, when the interview was over, I leaned over and I said, Larry, I go, thank you. You have no idea how many people you helped tonight. And he like, looked at me like I was crazy, like, like I just did an interview. Yeah. But I felt like he was divinely guided to ask the questions that he did, because the next day, the United States was attacked. And so many people subsequently had told me in the year after that, that the last things he watched with their spouse, or the person that passed on September 11th, was that show. Yeah, so it was it was pretty crazy. Powerful.
2: Really powerful.
1: Well, thank you. So just yes or no, um, whatever I see here, feel I'm gonna pass on. Is there um a mom energy for you that's passed?
2: Yes. Oh, no uh, Okay. So, no, 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 no. <laughs> there's mom energy, but she hasn't quite passed yet.
1: <laughs> no, no, but there's um there's a so let me just say this. When I get people being above you, that's older. So that's like mother, aunt, grandmother, mother-in-law. If I get people to your side, that would be like a contemporary husband, wife, brother, sister, cousin, friend. And then below you would be children, nieces, grandchildren. So above you is older, to your side, around the same age, roughly. And then below you would be younger. It's just placement for me. I have an older female that wants to come through first. So that to me would be like a mother, a stepmother, a mother-in-law, an ex-mother-in-law. But it's got that mom kind of vibe. So the placement, not the person that raised you, but the placement. Does that make sense?
2: Yes, true.
1: Okay. Um, and then where's the, R name living or past?
2: Uh, there, my brother, Randy is an R name.
1: Okay. Is he still here? Yep. Okay. So that, 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 and then why is somebody either had lung cancer or somebody had something lung related like emphysema?
2: Oh my gosh. My dad died of lung cancer.
1: So Your dad's stepping in. Um, and he's telling me to acknowledge your brother. Are you one of three or is he one of three? Like, are there like three boys yes. and you or is you it? Know,
2: well, there's two boys and myself. So there's three of us.
1: Got it. So you one of three. Um, and all, all three of you here? Because he told me to acknowledge the three of you. Yes, correct. Okay. And is somebody in California for you? Yes. Because he told uh, me to talk about California. My cousins. Okay. Um, and then if I said, to, if I said to you that there's a William or a will or a name with a W, where is that taking me?
2: Uh, to my, uh, paternal or maternal grandfather that passed.
1: Okay. Is, is it William? William
2: is his name. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Cause it feels like it's William. It's like a will name. Um, and there is a reference. Now, were you hoping to hear from dad today? Cause your dad's stepping forward.
2: I didn't know what to expect, so uh, okay. yeah, I love So I'll tell dad. you this. very close to my dad.
1: Your, your dad is stepping forward, and he's making me feel like this is his way of letting you know that some of the stuff that you've done and accomplished, he sees. But he's talking about two marriages, so I don't know what he means by two marriages. So I don't know if he's trying to tell me that mom remarried after him or if you were married twice, but there's something about two marriages. Um,
2: my mom has a boyfriend, but,
1: okay. and I've only been married. Is it a long... So. Is it a long-time thing? Like, has he been around for a while?
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Because I'm seeing the relationship as being like a, I'm going to call it a marriage or a committed relationship, even though your mom might not have put a ring on it. Um, But it's like your dad's acknowledging the second relationship. Um, I I feel like there's two dogs that your dad has with him. So I don't know if you've lost two dogs, but one of them looks like it's, one of them looks pretty puffy. So I don't know if it's like a, a Husky or a Samoyed, but there's like a, a puffy dog that's there. Um, so he's acknowledging like this poof ball that, that's with him. And then either somebody was missing an eye or had a glass eye or was blind on one side, wore a patch, just something about that that he's trying to highlight. Not for a costume, not like somebody did this for Halloween, but that somebody actually had a problem with their eye. Do you have a father in law that's passed too?
2: Uh, yes. Yes.
1: And do you know if somebody had pancreatic cancer? Because they're showing me like pancreatic or liver cancer.
2: Not that, not that I know,
1: not that I know. So I want you to remember that. I feel like somebody had some type of abdominal cancer. I kind oh, of wanted to say gosh, pancreatic. Oh my gosh, but it was my
2: grandfather. Uh, I tell you, John, it is spooky <laughs> because I, I, I just applaud your, that was my grandfather. My, my dad's father, my dad died of lung cancer. My grandfather died of stomach cancer. His dad.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's like wow. their way of kind of coming in together. Um, and happy birthday in May. Somebody's got a birthday in May. Holy crap. Oh my
2: gosh. My birthday and my two grandchildren's birthday were all within like three weeks apart. Oh, my gosh. Yes.
1: Yeah. And show me White Flower. White Flower means happy birthday in May. Well, I hope this helps.
2: Oh, wow. oh, thank you. I'm so excited I got to talk to you. It will be the highlight That's... of my life. Thank you, John.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: I'll tell you, John, you, you, you know, I, I actually know this person and you don't know how accurate that (laughs) is. It's like, it's like, that's, that's just incredible. You are just that. I'll tell you, um, I can sit here and be a witness. That was absolutely right on. Everything you said was absolutely right on.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I really, really appreciate that. It's so funny. It's, When I hear people say stuff like that, it reminds me of um, when I was doing Crossing Over, uh, a friend of mine who's a celebrity, she called me up and she basically yelled at me after the show was on the air for a while. And I was like, what? And she's like, you need to give me a minute. And I'm like, I I don't understand what we're talking about here. She goes, at the end of your show, she goes, you basically end the show and then walk off. She's like, could you just stand there for a second and take a beat? before you, like, run outside of the camera. And I was like, I, I do. She's like, you don't. So I always go back to that moment, right? And I feel that way when I'm standing on stage at the end of an event and people clap. Or when somebody like yourself is just so effusively saying nice things, it makes me feel uncomfortable. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but like I said to you earlier, like, I, I get in, I do my thing, and then I, I'm done.
0: Well, I, I, and, and it's so helpful, by the way, just so you know, and everybody knows and and hopefully Karen is still on the line. But but I know how much how close she was to her father and how sad she was uh, when he passed. In fact, um, I did. a I did a audio interview with him shortly before he passed, and she still to this day won't listen to it because it upsets her too much. So you did an extraordinary thing by helping her
1: you know what, can I just say, I understand that because there's a part of me that gets a little melancholy if I have to watch old family video. Um, And as much as I want to see it, there's something about it that reminds me of the scene in the movie Somewhere in Time where Christopher Reeve is having a great time back in time with Jane Seymour, and then he goes in his pocket and he sees a penny. And that penny was modern day penny. That kind of pulls him back to the reality. And I feel that grief is very much like that. We sometimes get to a place where we insulate ourselves from the, uh, the raw emotion of loss, and it kind of scabs up and heals, and then we kind of navigate lives. And sometimes when we hear the videos, see the photos, hear the voice, it kind of rips the scab off again. So there's a, a nostalgic melancholy that comes up, and I think it's important to honor that moment in your lives as well, because that uncomfortability means that there's stuff there that's still left to explore. And I say that openly, and I do this work.
0: That's that's awesome. So uh, we're going to go right along to our next caller. And next caller, whom might you be?
3: Hi, my name is Kristen. Hi, John. Hi, Kevin.
0: Hi, Kristen. How are you? Hi, how are you?
3: How are you? I'm good. It's
0: I such am
1: a good. Dream
3: come true to talk to you.
1: That's really sweet, Kristen. Um, what's the connection to April for you?
3: It's my birthday.
1: <laughs> Happy birthday. Um, and is Thanks. there a mom that's passed for you? Is there like a like a, a breast cancer or or somebody that passed from breast cancer young? Uh,
3: not that I'm not that I can think of.
1: So who would the M be? Like Melissa, Michelle, Michael? Who is that?
3: Marissa is my sister. She's still living.
1: Okay, so around Marissa, there's something that they're trying to show me. So I don't know if somebody around her was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and somebody around her was dealing with like a breast cancer scare, but it, it's okay. in your energy. So that to me, that to me would be like, okay, let's be aware, let's be aware of this. So if anything negative comes up in a session, like if I okay. see somebody having teeth issues or whatever, I always say the okay. reason why it's coming up is that we can prevent it or better deal with it. Okay. So I just went, if I any, just
3: had, um, I just had a scan because there was like a lump on my breastbone, but it, it came out to be negative.
1: Okay. So this is this, so this already happens. Okay. Okay. Fine. Um, yeah. so that's just my way of, of an, interpreting what's happening here. Um, and did somebody okay. connected to you past in, in an accident or an event like where it's sudden?
3: Um, years before I was born.
1: Like was somebody like hit by a train, something that's.
3: Yes, it was a car accident.
1: Okay. I just want to be really clear though. The symbolism that I'm feeling is that somebody's hit by something so if this is a person who was in a vehicle accident then they might have been thrown from that vehicle if they were not like if they were not if they they were just like walking or they're on a bike i don't feel like i'm in a car
3: no um if it's what i'm thinking of it was um it would be my great aunt and uncle and they were in a car accident and i believe they were thrown
1: okay because i don't feel like i'm encapsulated so that normally means that someone's thrown but just to make sure that nobody that's on the line had a, a person that passed Like being hit by a train, right?
0: If you are, if that if that fits your description, go ahead and uh, um, uh, click on the call in button, and we'll put you on with John.
1: Somebody's definitely trying to show me, like somebody like was hit by something. It doesn't feel like I'm in a car. Um, Um, I
0: have
3: uh, my brother-in-law was stabbed, but I don't know if that's being like the same as being hit. Do you
1: know? Did he did he pass from that? Yes, he did. Do you know, if it happened like near a bus or train station,
3: uh, very, very likely it was on the streets of New York City.
1: Okay, um, the, the the feeling that I'm getting is just this like sudden impact feeling. Um, I am taking yeah. transportation, that's why I was asking about bus and stuff. Um, sure. I just and is 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 there a father figure for you that's passed too?
3: Um, grandfather.
1: So is he the person that? you had the photo from outside on the driveway with? Um,
3: I, I don't know what that might be.
1: Okay, so I'm going to describe something to you. You know like a, okay. a little girl in a communion dress? Yes. Okay. Is he <laughs> in a photo like that with you?
3: Um, He could be. I definitely had a communion dress.
1: So we should establish first. Did you have like a Catholic upbringing? Yes, I did. Okay, so there, there would have been a, com- a communion and a communion dress, that type of thing. I feel like I just okay. need to reference that as, as, as well. Um, sure. But I feel like your brother-in-law, that, that passed. if you can get a message mm-hmm. to the family to let them know that he's okay, I kind of feel like whatever this was doesn't feel like it's one person. So whatever this is feels like it's a bigger ordeal. So um, well, I don't know that...
3: When he was stabbed it was a group of people around and he died instantly in my other brother yeah. lost arms so yeah it was pretty tragic and my husband is still reeling from it
1: so if you can let him know that his brother saw this as an opportunity to come through um okay. but i feel like i'm supposed I'm, i feel like i'm supposed to talk about the cop connection so like yeah. was there a police officer that they're connected to that they kept in touch with
3: um, my husband, actually, was the only one from his family, because my, my husband's family is are are immigrants to the country, and my husband was the only sorry, one I, that kept I, in I, touch with the police officers.
1: Gotcha. Because I, I feel like there's somebody that keeps in contact, or there's a communication with the police officer. And by the way, I don't feel like justice is served here. So whatever happened to him, I don't feel like they either got the person, or if they got the person, the person was in and out of prison, or whatever this is, they
3: they had to release him and let him go because they didn't have enough evidence.
1: Yeah. That's the, that's the feeling. But I want your husband to know that your brother, his brother doesn't hold on to the fact that justice wasn't served because from their perspective, they've got a different way of looking at things because they could see a bigger picture. Um, and people get what's coming to them. Like what we do, we have to sit in judgment for. So there's no escaping the, the, you know, the, the, the karmic court, um, but I feel like it's important that you tell your husband that his brother does show up for him in dreams. So if he tells you about the dreams, they're he real. Does. Um, he he and does. is Steven connected to him? Steve?
3: Steve. Um, I'll have to ask him that. That doesn't ring any bells to me.
1: Just know that there's a huge S name that they want me to bring up. Like Steven, Susan, Steve, Steph. Okay. um, okay. but I get that around the person that was stabbed. Okay. That's great to know. Alrighty. Um, and then husband, last, yeah. guy, let the yeah, the last thing I want to say is, um, did your husband have a knee issue?
3: A knee issue? Uh-huh. Just aches and pains recently.
1: But he's not doing anything to treat his knee, right?
3: Um, it's, I think it's been okay. He was just diagnosed with diabetes, but I don't think that's, okay. that's so. I want
1: you to tell him to be careful. I want you to tell him to be careful with his knees.
3: Okay, I His will. brother's
1: telling him to be careful with his knees.
3: He has a. He comes back from. He he's a mover, so oftentimes he comes home and his knees are killing him.
1: Yeah, he's making me feel like okay. there's something there's something up with his knees. That's a weak spot for him. So when somebody has a weak spot on their body, that's a place where injury can occur.
3: Okay. All
1: right. All righty. I hope this helps, okay. Kristen. Thank you.
3: Thank you so much. You're amazing. Keep doing you the welcome. wonderful work you do.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you.
3: All right. Take care.
0: And by the way, if you're just tuning in, we are talking to John Edward, the internationally known psychic medium. I have an open phone line. If you would like to call, just hit the uh, um, um, the uh, the call button, and we'll put you on with John. Uh, it would be – I'm sure that you would like it very much. As a matter of fact, let's uh, go real quickly and – if I can do that right. Um and <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, I'm challenged sometimes. But that's that's just me. By the way, we're talking with Leslie. Leslie, you're done with John Edward.
4: Hi, John. Thank you for taking my call. I'm so excited to see you and Kevin again.
0: Awesome.
1: Leslie, what's your question?
4: Oh, well, I'm just open to hear anything, but i say I'm so excited. Um, I've always wanted to attend one of your shows, and I've been able to. So this is very exciting for me. So I'm just excited to hear anything that you have to say.
1: Okay. Um, if there was one relationship that you were hoping to hear from, what would that relationship be?
4: Uh, my grandmother, my paternal
1: okay. grandmother. Okay. The reason why I'm asking you that is I don't think I have her, so I wanted to kind of just establish that. I don't want to take everything I'm saying and have you just put it there. So I want you to kind of know like what I'm feeling now is not, a, not about her, but somebody around you either lost their, either somebody around you lost their wife or somebody lost their friend. Um, and I feel like this is somebody that was concerned about leaving their kids behind. Do you know where that is?
4: Concerned about leaving their kids behind. I'd really have to think about that one.
1: So think like Debbie, or dad, something with a D. There's a D my connection mom's here. Is Debbie. Your mom is yeah, Debbie? My mom's
4: name is Debbie. I also have an I also have an aunt named Debbie. But
1: okay, yeah, so Debbie. around around your mom, there's someone that I would see that passed, um, that had to leave their kids behind. Like they knew they were gonna pass and they knew that they were gonna leave their kids behind. And I feel like that was part of the the difficulty part of leaving was like knowing that they weren't going to be able to raise their kids or see their kids grow up and the message that i'm supposed to give back to debbie is that they were able to still be a part of their kids lives growing up just not sure where to put that yet um okay. and did anybody around maybe your mom's friends did somebody have like a brain tumor or was there like a brain issue a brain issue with again just, if, you speak, it, yeah, if you can speak up, yeah if you could Right, so one of the things that, and I, I always tell people that my, my inside secrets when I, when I read, when someone like yourself calls up and says, I'm just open to anybody, it's usually where you watch my expression and go, ugh. Um, and that, that's not, never the reality, um, nobody ever means that. They say it to be polite and nice, but the reality is they always want to connect with that one person, and then when that doesn't happen, which is what's happening here, um, the enthusiasm for thinking kind of falls to the wayside, but it doesn't change the information on my end. So I'll say this again. There's a brain issue that's connected to you or your family. Somebody either had a brain tumor or something that would have been brain related from a healthcare standpoint, meaning something affected their brain. Um, and I feel like I'm supposed to acknowledge somebody that would have passed that had a knowing, knowing that they're passing, leaving their kids behind. And that was a big issue. So I just want to leave that there. Um, and then somebody drowned. Or I should say they passed oh. because of an asphyxiation
4: wow, this is like all
1: new information for me. <laughs> okay. And you, and you have to think like, if you're married, you have to think about that side of the family as well as your side of the family. Um, it's, okay. it's not just, Oh, I think, I think this person would come through. Um, and it's very, very normal for anybody that goes for reading to hear from people that you're not expecting. When I actually went to hear from my mom, when I, when she had first passed, I discovered, well, according to the medium, the medium said I had a brother in spirit, but I didn't cause I'm an only child. But the medium brought through information about my next-door neighbor's son that I never knew even existed, um, gave me how he passed, gave me the information. I went home thinking it was completely crazy. And then when I got home, my grandmother was able to validate that it wasn't my brother, but it was my neighbor's son, who I never met. Um, wow. So when they see this opportunity, they take it. It's just a matter of going like, well, why would that person do that? I didn't know that one. And that's where I say we have to allow the energy to flow where it needs to and then you can own the messenger for that. And maybe you maybe your mom needs to hear this or your aunt Debbie needs to hear whatever this is.
4: Right. Yeah. Maybe they can tie that together for me.
0: That, that's great. And so that's yeah. why we, we do this on a podcast so that you can go back and review the information <laughs> and share it with your mom and Debbie and everyone. So that, the, so that the information can, can get out because I'm convinced John, that the information you're prevent, presenting is correct. It's just, we're not a very good filter sometimes.
1: For sure. Right. Or I'm or I'm or I'm screwing up where it goes. You know, I'm Barry Manoling it, you know what I'm saying? And it's not the dog's name. It's the bar that I drank at. So I, I recognize the interpretation is something that I could be off on. But the information that they show me, I trust 100 percent.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, Leslie, thank you very much cool. for giving us a call. Thank you.
4: Take
0: care. You Thanks. too. Have a have a great day. And uh, by the way that does open up a phone line if you would like to talk to John, but the John I was doing, in my research last night I was doing some stuff. You have a you have a beautiful young daughter who's an actress. Is that correct?
1: I do. Yes, my daughter Olivia.
0: I wanted to just tell you because in in my past I've I've done some acting and I've and I've done some uh, auditions and stuff. I loved how you frame the audition versus an interview. Could you, could you go into that? Cause I think it's really is important. Sure.
1: Sure. Um, when she first started, you know, pursuing this and we had to kind of allow that to happen. And I literally say that if you met my child at two years old, you would be like, Oh my God, who were the parents to this kid? Like she had such an obnoxious energy at that age that I was like, I can't believe this is my child. Um and we had to we had to find the outlet for her to channel that energy, and once she did, she became an angel. and she loves to sing and dance and perform and do characters. So when she was um, three years old, we were introduced to a manager, and that manager signed her. And after that, they said that, well, they were going to send her out on auditions. So I won't let managers and agents call them auditions because that means that she would basically be seeking somebody else's approval and validation for her value. So they call them appointments and they call them interviews, but they're not allowed to call them auditions. And then when she comes back from something, where you know, nine out of 10 times she's not gonna get something, right? because there's so many people going out for roles. Um, when she comes back from something, one time she came back to something she really wanted, and she said, I didn't get it. And I went, okay. They were looking for a square, you're a perfect circle. So if they're looking for a square, a circle is never gonna be a square. So when they're looking for a circle, then you'll get the job. And when they're looking for a square, you're not even in the running. So this way she understands that she's the one who defines her value, not somebody saying, oh, I need you to do it like this, or, oh, I need you to do it like that, or you're not pretty enough, or you're not thin enough, or you're not whatever the whatever those things that will come out where society downloads upon you how you're supposed to be. Um, I wanted to arm her with that. And the knowledge that she's not allowed to be famous, because fame is fleeting but she's allowed to be accomplished. So, and I use the analogy with me, I'll say like, listen, at 1.13 million people watched Daddy a week. You know, sometimes six times a day the show was on all around the world. I said, that's a lot of people. I go, and for a brief moment, I had fame. I go, and then it all went away and I had not fame. I said, so the reality of coping with that kind of attention and not is recognizing that it's not significantly nor important to define you. However, my accomplishments are all the things that you rattled off in the beginning. And that has nothing to do with fame. That has to do with what I did, right? So fame is how people perceive you, accomplishments are how you perceive yourself.
0: And that is how you're going to keep her head on her on her shoulders and not in the yep. clouds. Yep. I, 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 100%. I saw that and uh, I was like, now that's a dad. I really appreciate that I did that. Because, because you and you could see in the interview, your daughter loves the heck out of you, and that's and it's a, a great relationship that you guys have formed. So, we have another we caller. We really have, and go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. So no, we're good. Okay, good. We have another caller on the line, but uh, Mia Pixie is uh, had that? I Hi. doubt that's your real name. Go no, ahead.
5: it's Mariette speaking.
0: Okay, go ahead.
5: Yeah. So I um. I've actually done a psychic uh, and medium workshop before with TJ Higgs, and so I've been going into the space.
1: Uh, and being... Oh, my God. I can't
0: hear her. Oh, oh hold on. Can you hear that down, uh, John? Is
5: better.
1: Is that better? No. It, it sounds like muffled. Oh. Okay. Say um is this, it
5: again? Is this better now?
1: Yes, a little bit. It's a little louder. good. Thank you.
0: Yeah, take it off the speaker. Okay. If you Are you on speaker? Take it off the speaker and i'm can.
5: actually on a headset but oh, okay. i can take that off um, if that's gonna help
1: I
0: don't just...
5: uh, can you hear me now
1: oh that's clearer that's better
5: okay great so um i was just saying that i um i have done a, a spirit and psychic medium workshop before with tj Higgs and i've been starting to go into this space um, okay, trying to connect more with uh, loved ones that have passed. Um, but I would really like to um see today if it's possible to get a connection with uh my friend my friend's parents who passed away. Um uh, his name was Harit. Um and yeah, and that's well, no, don't don't don't
1: say don't before. say anything else. So Okay. So just if I could go in a different, different place for you for a second. So one of the things that I, I tell people who are looking to develop and open up to the, to the world of energy is many times they'll be brought into the fold because of a desire in one area. So, for example, you might have went and taken a psychic development workshop that focused on spirit communication. But in that, that moment of coming into the, the, the building, you recognize, oh, wow, there's a, another hallway. And when you go down that hallway, you discover astrology or you discover numerology or you discover meditation or Reiki um, or past life regression therapy or card reading with tarot or whatever, you know, runes. So there are other avenues that I feel for you are really important for you to look into because the understanding of symbolism is very, very helpful in understanding information. So you personally have an educational feeling to me like if you said to me in life you were a teacher um that would make sense if you don't do it as an occupation i can guarantee you do it in other areas of your life how you yeah. do stuff how you communicate is to inform you inform so no matter what you do or no matter what you learn it's something that you wind up teaching or explaining for yeah. the people around you correct okay I so now to going I,
5: coaching so that's
1: uh, yep that makes sense like Yeah, that totally, totally feels like it could be like your realm. But what I think is really important is to understand the archetype of the human condition. So I guess, I guess I would direct you to learn more about tarot because when you, when you look at tarot, it has 78 cards and they're illustrated. You have a a minor arcana and a major arcana. And the major arcana, 22 cards, are basically like the major secrets of the human condition. Um, like strength, and the high priestess, and the tower, the chariot, like the lovers, all of that kind of helps to give us an understanding about lessons that people are here. But for you, it's going to be different. For you, it's going to give you symbolism. And the way our guides, the way people in spirit will communicate with us is through symbolism, is through an energetic form of like, emoji communication or sign language. So I feel like the first thing is about you like learning the languages that are gonna be applicable for you. So if you were to sit with someone to connect with them, you might start seeing the number five. Well, sure, the number five could be the fifth month may or the fifth of a month, but it also in numerology would mean transformation and change. So you would get information in, in that kind of way. Like as if you had to translate from one language to another. You follow what I'm saying? like sometimes in translation from one language to another things don't always translate in the same way where there are things lost in translation so in our world it would be lost in interpretation but i feel like that interpretive ability is important and who has like the twin reference around you or who would be a gemini
5: so um I, I actually am busy going uh, into the twin flame journey, so I'm trying to connect with my twin flame, and I actually know the person. Okay. So my coaching okay. will be focused on twin flames.
1: Gotcha. You might want to listen to um, a colleague of mine has a CD called Follow the, pa- Follow the Path or Following the Path. I think it's called Follow the Path. I should know this. Um, Follow the Path. It's by Jonathan Lewis, and he wrote a song about twin flames that's channeled so you might resonate with that you can find it i think on my Wonderful. thank
5: you
1: yeah so i'm not really connecting with the people in spirit that you asked me about but i feel like (laughs) your journey is one that's just now beginning and could this take you to hawaii like could you study something or go to hawaii to do something i've been
5: getting a lot of messages about going to hawaii
1: yeah i i kind of feel pulled to maui for some reason so not even honolulu so i don't know yeah there's something that's there so good luck thank you that's wonderful thank you
0: righty. bye bye that is Bye-bye. you know john the uh, twin flame thing that that's a kind of a newer concept in in your frame of reference is that is that uh is that real is that
1: i i think you know i can't i can't definitively say like yes that's real um but i i do believe that soulmate energy twin flame energy you know, however you want to define how people are connected, I, I do think that when you put two energies together that have some type of connection, they burn a lot brighter. So yeah, I could see, I, I, I can't not say that it's real, but you know, I, I can't validate it.
0: Got it, got it. Hey, and the the next person we have online is, uh, and I can I do a shameless plug, please? On, <laughs> on Wednesdays, we are doing a uh, uh, a show called uh, Girl Power, and it's about about women's issues and girls' issues. And uh, Lisa, who is on the line with us, is uh, co hosting that that hour, and it really is going to be a powerful thing. We're just starting it out, and I hope that people will tune in on Wednesdays. Um, to listen to that, but Lisa, this is you on the line, right? It
6: is. Hello. (laughs) Hi, John. Hi,
0: Lisa. How are you?
6: Hi. Good. How are you?
1: I'm really, really good. So, Lisa, let me just just jump in and tell you what I'm seeing because I know we don't have a lot of time. Um, Lisa, I don't know if you have a father. I don't know if you have a father figure who's passed, but think like father, uncle, grandfather. There's a a J or a G name living or passed that's connected to the family. And do you have two daughters? Are there two girls in the family?
6: Um so I yes I have a uh, a daughter and also a um stepdaughter and two boys too um yes
1: okay so, so for me I'm seeing the, the t- g- go ahead. yeah go ahead so I'm seeing the two girls but there's a father figure who's passed and the J or G name that that comes up either tells me who they are or who they're connected to who could still be living um I feel like I'm supposed to talk about somebody who um Somebody, I I smell tobacco. So I don't know if somebody was a pipe smoker, or if they made if they made their own cigars, or something about tobacco. I smell the tobacco. Um, Who did that? Hmm.
6: Well,
2: my
1: somebody like
6: used tobacco, but um, so I'm wondering too. Like I, I'm adopted, and I've been sensing, like, feeling a lot that that there is, um, like spirits that are trying to speak to me from my uh, you my biological, biological family. Line? Yes. Sure. Yeah. It's
1: possible. Um, they'll only come through for me. I only notice that they come through okay. that you could validate them. So it's like you can validate them, okay. validate them in the future. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's something coming up around the girls. So I want to give you a heads up. I'm seeing a yellow light of yeah. caution around one of the girls. Okay. So I don't know if they're okay. in a relationship dynamic that's not positive or if there's something about their own value that they're questioning. But I okay. feel like it's important to take, take a moment to make sure that you kind of, like, say, hey, how you doing? Like, what, what are you feeling? Like, how do you feel? Yeah. Um, which is an yeah. odd question to ask somebody when you don't mean physically. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to take, take a moment to, to do that. Um, and then did somebody pass for you, too, in a vehicle accident? Are you peripherally connected to somebody who had an event?
6: Um, in a car accident? If I said to you, Lisa,
1: if I said to you you that there's a Scotty or Scott, do you know where that is?
6: No, but I I, I will definitely think on it.
1: Um, Yeah, I I want you to remember this. I kind of feel like I want to say Scott, Scooter, Skip, like Hmm. there's a name like that. Um, But somebody definitely passed in a vehicle accident connected to you. Um, It might have just been 20 years ago. It might have been somebody yeah. you were connected to peripherally, but that person is using this as their way of coming through. But I, I do okay. want to highlight your daughter, either your daughter or your stepdaughter. Yeah. Is there, is there anything that you're aware of right now, or, or not yet?
6: Um, with, with my daughter, so she's pretty young, but she, she's really kind of struggling with anxiety and just kind of managing her emotions and how she feels and trying to
1: express that she's 11 how old is she she's 11 okay she's 11 so yeah yeah yeah, but that and she's she's in that hormonal alley range where a lot of the stuff that's gonna normally right but i feel like um you know we were talking about my daughter earlier and one of the things that i found that's imperative is communication and I, right. I listened to her speak about some of her friends as well, and they don't talk to their parents. Right. So it's really important to make sure that you don't hang your hat on the, oh, we're close, and I know what she's going through place. But to, to go oh, to the place yeah. of, yeah, to go to the place of, how do I find myself in her head? How do I get in there and get her to talk to me and open up in a way that maybe she doesn't feel like she wants to, or she's allowed to, or she might not feel um, safe to do it, or anxiety might stop her from doing stuff. And, you know, it's an important development time. So I think it's important yeah. to have these conversations because I see a yellow light of caution. So that makes me concerned. Yes.
6: Yeah. No, I think those are really valid concerns. And I, I appreciate that. And what, I Lisa, what's, what's her birthday?
1: What's her birthday day and month? My- Five twenty nine.
6: May 29th. That's hers.
1: That's your daughter's birthday.
6: Oh no, that. So, sorry, that's my birthday. Um, Faith's birthday is July first.
1: July first. Okay.
6: Yeah.
1: Um. So, for the last year for her, her friend, yeah. her friend game to me feels off. So. Yes. Her yep. placement yep, and awesome. like you know. What I call the, the lunchroom, that lunchroom table yeah. thing is off for me. So, like, if yeah. she's having anxiety about the friend groups or the associations, like, that's the important conversation to be having, to be more aware right. of what's taking place, like, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And then what's the artistic thing? Did she say, like, oh, I want to go out for, like, kick line or I want to go out for chorus or what's the artistic thing that she's not done but she's asked to do?
6: um so she's extremely artistic so she has been learning um the guitar she's new at that and she begged to do it she loves it good uh she's very artistic really just she wants to sew Um, that's one thing she hasn't done yet knit she just started doing that she's like very creative yeah
1: so really important for you to encourage her over the next year with her creativity her artist artistry because that's an outlet for her. So it's yeah. a way for her to feel like the only thing that she tends to do sometimes is become a little antisocial. So yeah. the, an- the antisocial vibe is something where you have to k- kind of like understand the moodiness. And that's not right. going to be an 11-year-old thing for her. That's going to be a, a, her thing. That's going to be who she is.
3: Okay.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of – and then don't be shocked, like, if she's not, like, a food hoarder. When I say a food hoarder, I don't mean you're going to find sandwiches in the drawer. But, like, you know, you'll open up the socks <laughs> drawer and there's, like, a bag of potato chips, right? So she'll yeah, have her little yeah. dash of, like, you know, yes. that's the Cancerian yeah. side. Like, all Cancerians, like, yeah. have their little food stash in their room. Right,
6: right, right. She does. Yeah, she does. Yep. Well, (laughs) Lisa,
0: thank you. I hope this helps. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa.
6: So wonderful. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. All the
0: best. You bet. You have a great after (laughs) food order. I love that. Um, and that's, (laughs) that is that is just awesome. Well, John, you know, I I would love to be able to say uh that we've got, you know, three or four more hours together, but I'm afraid that uh the schedules don't allow and uh I do want to get the information out one more time though that if you want to find out more about John Edward and what he does, go to www.johnedward.net. You can you can find out where all of his events are uh, throughout the summer which will culminate with um, an event on uh, October fourth at two o'clock at the SeaTac Marriott. Go join his. Do uh, you have two seconds to talk about uh, uh, your your online group, John?
1: Um. Anybody wants to know about it, they can go to johnedward.net. dot net. It's all right there.
0: You got it, and I appreciate. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate everybody listening. We've had a, we've had a great show, John. Thank you so much for being on thank the show.
1: You. Thank you. I appreciate
0: it.